I'm glad I serve that kind of a Savior. It's not just a novelty. Perhaps if your life is perfect and you never have any problems, then a Savior to you is some novel concept, some novelty. Like, that's cool, that's neat. But when you need a Savior, it's much more than a novelty. It's much more than a song. It's something that gives you hope in the middle of your hopelessness. Help in the middle of your hell. Oh, somebody ought to put your hands together and thank God that one day He reached further down than you could reach up. I I want to tell you a great way off isn't as far as it feels just take a step towards the Savior and he'll run and he'll embrace and he'll save I'm glad you're here my we have multiple guests this morning for that we're grateful and want to express again our appreciation for your presence here with us in this wonderful Sunday morning worship service that we are having I want to extend an invitation for you to become a part of this great church. You'll find here that we aren't perfect people, but we're people that love God and love people. And we continue to see God do great things to and through us. And for that, we're grateful. If I don't get a chance to tell you, happy Thanksgiving to everybody that's here. I hope that you'll have a happy Thanksgiving, a blessed Thanksgiving. Spend it with family and friends and enjoy that day. This is a season for us to just let that attitude of gratitude be shown. So practice that this week. Let people know how thankful you are for them. Matter of fact, why don't you just look at your neighbor and say, I'm thankful for you today. If you weren't sitting by me, perhaps I'd be sitting by myself. I'm glad that you are here. If you have your Bible, let's look to the book of Luke, the 17th chapter, Luke 17. I'll read a few verses from that chapter, verses 15 through 19. Don't forget all of the announcements that we shared with you just a few moments ago. And if you have forgotten them, they're in the bulletin. We encourage you to get one of those and get connected, be involved in the things that we have available to you. I'm grateful that He is available to you today. St. Luke chapter 17, the 15th verse says, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed. Is there anybody thankful for healing today? Matter of fact, has anybody here ever been healed? Anybody ever been healed? Look at all the hands that are raised of God's healing power. I thank God. That we serve a Savior that not only saves, but He heals. And one of them, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. He was a Samaritan. They weren't even supposed to get near or have any dealings with the Jew the response is found in verse 17 for Christ himself says were there not ten cleansed where are the nine there are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger and then he says something that I believe is so powerful and want to preach from today and he said unto him arise 
go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I want to preach today, healed or whole. Healed or whole. I'm thankful for healing, but I'm more appreciative today for a wholeness that only a Savior can provide. If you have that today, why don't you just lift your hands and thank Him. And if you want it, just do the same. God, I thank You for who You are. I thank You for all You do. I thank You for what You're doing in this place right now. Somebody give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. Somebody bless the Lord with me. Somebody magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt. Somebody exalt His name. Exalt His name. I praise Your name, Jesus. Oh, let there be words of thanksgiving that ring in the sanctuary. This is the day that the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Oh, somebody that's thankful. Somebody that's thankful for what the Lord has done for you. Let's just take another moment or two. Do you have a little thanksgiving that you could give to the Lord? Come on, somebody. Before you take a bite of turkey, let your voice say, I'm thankful unto you and I bless your name. Oh, I want to give praise. God, I thank you for mashed potatoes. But I'm more excited about the fact that there was a day that you took my sins away. Is there anybody thankful for salvation that comes through the power that's in the name of Jesus? We ought to just let this place become electric with praise and thanks. Thanksgiving because God has been so good. So good. So good. I'm amazed at sporting venues how long people can continue to just clap and clap. I mean, we're about wiped out after about 15 seconds, but man, they just keep going and going, Brother Littles. They keep going until one of the guys comes out of the dugout and is like, okay, you praised me enough. Have a great day. You can be seated. We give these sports figures who are mere mortals doing something that others cannot. We give them such praise and adoration. There are people that will wait. There are people that will wait for long periods of time. After the game's over. I'm talking about after the game's over. You know, I mean, we have the ability to say, I got to get out of here. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to go here. I got to go there. There are people that after these games, they will wait until these gods, little G, come out after getting cleaned up, after a hard day's work or whatever they call it, playing ball. And they, they wait there, Brother No, with pen in hand and some type of memorabilia. And they say, oh, will you please sign this for me? Because they want to have their God endorse that they know them. It was just a few days ago that I was in a restaurant in St. Louis. And while I was there, I noticed that there was a face that looked familiar at this particular restaurant that I was at and I'm like man I know them I was actually having a late lunch with Tess and we were at this restaurant and I'm like Tess do you see who that is you know who that is she's like who is that I said that's David Freeze right there does anybody know that name David Freeze anybody ever heard of David Freeze he's the guy I was there that night one of thousands of people that were there that night when he hit that home run he hit that home run that sent us to the seventh game of the World Series. And for those of you that don't know, Brother Donnie, we won that game and we won the World Series. Now, David and I aren't personal friends. 
I saw people there. They were like, oh, let's get a picture. And they were taking a picture. And I'm like, Tess, are you, 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 you want a picture with David Freeze? And, you know, Tess is kind of shy. So we didn't, we didn't mess with him. I mean, he's a superhero in St. Louis. Everywhere we go, people are, that's David Freeze. Why? Because David Freeze hit a little white ball over a wall, Brother Casey. And, oh, man, you talk about celebrating. I celebrated that night. I was there, part of the congregation. We were rejoicing because our God, little G, had done something that gave us the opportunity to win the crown, and we did. And oh, what a time of celebration. And there was much worship that went forth. And I thought, you know, I wonder how that guy feels everywhere he goes. And he was so nice. I watched him, and he just smiled and just took pictures with people and was just kind to everybody there. I wonder how he must feel to constantly be worshipped, to be praised for one activity. I mean, he left us and went to another team, and they he'd still come back to St. Louis, and when he was on the opposite team, Brother Casey, they'd still cheer him. I never have figured that out. Excited and celebrate. Oh, I just love him as a person. If he's not, if he doesn't have if he doesn't have birds on the bat, I'm not cheering for him. I'm sorry. I'm a Cardinal fan through and through. So if you leave me and go somewhere else, thank you for what you did. But I'm done with you, you know. I mean, you're not. Oh, we love Albert Pujols. God love you. If you love him, that's great. But I don't want him to hit a home run when he comes and plays at Bush Stadium anymore. I thought as, as I saw David Freeze and all the attention that, that he was getting when he was, when he was there, that how, I, I wonder, you know, how is it that we as mere mortals can worship something that really is so insignificant in the whole scheme of things? David Freeze if I was sick, could not have come over and said, be healed. David Freeze, if I was lost and undone and having a dark, dismal day, could not over, come over and say, be encouraged and everything would be okay. David Freeze could not step to the front of the ship and say, peace be still and the storm subside. And yet still, everywhere he goes in St. Louis, he's renowned and is known as he's a hero and celebrated. Why? Because one day he hit a little white ball over a wall. And I want to, I want to tell you today, I, I'm not being critical. It happens. We come Sunday after Sunday and the worship is wonderful. And I, I commend this great praise team and the wonderful musicians. We are, we are blessed at First UPC. I thank God for it. But we have a difficult time giving him just a few moments of our worship and praise. Have you considered what he has done for you? The fact that we have hope today because one day he did what he did for you and I. So there's something about it. When I come into the house of God, there's something in my heart that says I must have an attitude of gratitude. It shouldn't only be in November that we say I'm thankful unto the Lord and I bless his name. It ought to be every morning when we wake up. Say I got a little more mercy and it's fresh every day and it's going to endure forever. So there is an attitude of gratitude that's got to get a hold of you and say I am thankful unto him and I bless is there anybody thankful for what he did for you that he died on the cross that we might have life and not just life but an abundant life we have a good life it's a good life it's a good life living for the Lord I said it's a good life living for the Lord contrary to public opinion it is not a 
perfect life living for the Lord. People that live for the Lord go through hell. The hope that we have is He goes through hell with us. He takes us through the trial. He delivers us from the difficulty. We will. I don't want you to come up with the idea that you come to an altar, repent of your sins, baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, filled with the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. And all of a sudden, you just go from the bottom floor to cloud nine and just kind of float out there in cloud nine. It doesn't take you long to go from cloud nine to eight and then it's great if you can just stay somewhere in the middle. But it, it, it happens. Life happens. Look at your neighbor and say, life happens. Life happens. Hell happens. Difficulty. Dark days come. Circumstance and situation. They create conflict and crisis and trouble and trial. You've never experienced it. There's nothing There's nothing that's more disheartening to have a great Sunday and then all of a sudden, Monday, all hell breaks loose. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It just seems like, just my, the the better the service, the more wonderful the worship, the, the more powerful the presence of God, the more the enemy dials it in on you. And does what he can to distract and destroy. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. It's his purpose. It's his plan. So as I'm preaching today to you on the Sunday before we celebrate Thanksgiving. And, and here, here, understand that I'm excited about Thanksgiving, man. When, when you think about different holidays, you can get excited about different holidays if you want to. I'm excited about Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is centered around food. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? All you people that just, you just live to eat, God love you. I, I, I mean, that you just eat to live. I live to eat, so I'm always about, you know, what's it going to be? And so, you know, what, what, what dish is there going to be? And so, oh, who's, who's making the dressing? And what, is there anybody hungry right now? Man, I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm just thinking about Thanksgiving's going to be wonderful, Sister Lulabelle. I don't know if you have it, but if I was if I was going to be at your Thanksgiving celebration, I would make sure. I don't know if you do those baked beans the way you do, but does she do baked beans for Thanksgiving? I don't know. I might stop by on Thanksgiving. I'm not sure because it's been a long time since I have. If you had them right now, I would just say, would you all give me about five minutes? Because I'm going to just, if you had those, do you have any underneath the seat there? You know, because I'm thinking, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have made it. So. It's, a, it's a time. It's a time of food and fellowship and, and, I, and, and family and friends. And, and I like that. But I want us to understand that it's, it's even more than that. It's a concept of we need to be thankful for what we have. We live in a thankless world. We live in a thankless society. We live in a society that believes they're entitled to. I mean, how crazy would it be if I just come pounding on your door Thanksgiving Day and say, hey, I need my baked beans. Come on. Why weren't these delivered hot and fresh just a few moments ago? What do I have to come over here? That's the world we live in. He said, that sounds so stupid, Pastor. You're right. That does. That's insane. But that's the way the world that we live in is. They believe that they are entitled to. Like somehow they deserve or earn the right 
to demand and to do. Hey, I want to tell you something. We are saved by grace. God did not have to do what He did. He did not have to robe Himself in flesh and come and die the death of the cross that we might have the hope of life and life eternal. And a good life, I might say. Are there any of you that you have some bad days and you're like, man, this is pretty rough. But then all of a sudden you realize how blessed you are. We are so blessed. We have so much to be thankful for. So I think about this season. And so when it comes time to to celebrate Thanksgiving, and I knew that this would be the Sunday, obviously, before Thanksgiving is on Thursday. And I I felt that I I just want to share for just a few moments with you today about the significance of Thanksgiving and that attitude of gratitude. How many of you believe that attitude determines altitude? That your attitude... Have you ever been around somebody that has a bad attitude? I got some people that are raising their hands. I'm I'm getting ready to go ask this cute little girl who she's talking about. No, I'm not, Brother Larry. I'm just kidding. She's like, yeah, I know people like that. But if truth is told, all of us have had a bad attitude at one time or another. Anybody ever told you, you need an attitude adjustment? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I don't like, I don't like to be around people that have a bad attitude. I've experienced this, that bad attitudes can be contagious. That you get around somebody that's constantly, yeah, 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 negative, 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 and it's not too long, and you start seeing things through different lens. I hope today that every person that walked in this place, walked in this place with an understanding today, that you walked in this place because your God is a good God, and He gave you the ability to get up out of that bed, even when you didn't want to, to put your clothes on, to brush your teeth, and to come to church. And He gave you an option, as when you got here, if there was something in your spirit that you could somehow say, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. There's a whole lot of people, other places, that would trade places with you in a heartbeat if they could just have an opportunity so today I want to say oh give thanks unto the Lord for he is good how blessed are we to have this privilege to have this privilege of his presence and to feel what we feel and as we sing and as we worship to sense that a miracle can happen a miracle can happen a miracle can happen And it was that same sense one day in a certain village as the book of Luke the 17th chapter tells the tale that it was a certain village. And as Jesus was headed to this certain village, there were ten men. If you don't have your Bibles, go back and read this story. It's a a beautiful story that's told of ten men that were lepers in a certain village. The town is not mentioned because that is not significant. It's just the fact that there are places. There are places where there are people. And where there are people, there are problems. Because people have problems. 
I'm surprised there's not notepads popping out of purses right now and writing that down. People have problems. Not one, but ten. So it's not an individual thing. Is there, is there anybody like me? Sometimes you feel like, oh, whoa, is, I'm the only one that's going through. I'm, I, I'm the only one that's having trouble. How come it's, how come I, 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 me, me, me? Hey, I want you to know you're not alone. Misery loves company and there's plenty to go around. It wasn't one man in this particular village. It was a, it could have been a village anywhere. And it could have been people anywhere. It was a certain village that had ten men that were lepers. Your problem is not so individual that God has never seen it. Your circumstance is not so isolated that God is in heaven wringing his hands thinking, what am I going to do? He said, you don't understand, Pastor. You don't know what I'm going through. You're right. I don't. But what you're going through, others have before and will again. And the same God that helped them will help you. The key is that these ten men recognized the opportunity of a lifetime. Jesus was moving and they sensed That when he moves, there's a miracle that could happen in a matter of moments. See, that's why I don't know why people don't come to church. Because when we get here, it's evident that the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place. I would want to go where I know the Spirit is going to flow. Did you get that? I would want to go where I know the Spirit is going to flow if I needed Him to do a a miracle can happen. It's more than words on a screen. It's something that the Spirit wants to say. A miracle can happen this morning. If you need a miracle, a miracle can happen today. Ten men who were a great way off because of their current condition. Might I just say this, that we have in this surrounding community much more than ten and certainly more than men that are a great way off because of the current crisis that's in their life. Could I tell you today that there are pews that are empty in this place Because there are people that we love and miss that aren't here because of crisis in their life. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I'm I'm wanting to break this down and make it as simplistic as I possibly can. These men were separated and removed from where others were because of crisis, because of a condition that was in their body. It was called leprosy, which is a type of sin, and it can happen to anybody. No one was exempt. I want to tell you that sin happens to everybody. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. We were all born sinners. Romans 3.23, for all, somebody say all, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us were like these ten men. So the story is unfolding, Elder Casey. As we understand it, these ten men were to symbolize it could be anybody, anywhere. It could be you. 
your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. <coughs> and I am. And the same one that said that, the same. All of us. What they realized, Brother Nelson, was this. We have an opportunity of a lifetime. One called Christ. One that we've heard of how he does this and that and miracles and moves and does things that no one else can do. We've heard he is the Savior. And so they begin to cry out to a Savior. You're given multiple opportunities every time you come to the house of God. That's why I encourage you to be here. Be a part of everything that we have. Tuesday night Bible Connect. Wednesday night Bible study. Come here when we have prayer meetings. Come be a part of every Sunday service. Bible class. You need to be here. you got to be here because every time that you're here opportunities of the spirit moving and you can cry out and they begin to cry out have mercy on us have mercy on us I have to fast forward because your baked beans might burn you understand what I'm saying I I know that I have to preach a little faster so I'm going to get it to about three or four fast forward have mercy on us we need you to heal us. We need you to deliver us from this terrible addiction, this terrible difficulty. What I'm going through, I know that only you can see me through. And so they begin to cry out collectively together. There's something about corporate worship. Can you find it in a closet of prayer? You better believe it. But it feels so good to get together with other people and begin to worship and praise God. Kind of like we've been doing around here today. And you start feeling what we feel. You start moving in the Holy Ghost. You start feeling the power of God. And you're like, Let's get together on this. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. So Jesus. Jesus, let me just tell you this. Jesus always responds. You ever had a need and you called somebody and you couldn't get them? You ever had a situation, a dire emergency, and you call somebody and they're not available? How disheartening. They called on Christ, and he answered. He responded to their plea. I'll tell you today, the same can be said to you. He will hear. He will hear your cry. It may be but a faint whisper, but heaven's tuned to the cry of his people. Have mercy on us. So he comes... And he preaches to the people that are separated. He preaches this sermon. He preaches a sermon that they didn't want to hear. Anybody ever heard a sermon preached to you that you didn't want to hear? I'm not talking about necessarily today. You don't have to. But you've heard a sermon that was preached to you that you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I, I remember being you all, not being you all, but being at church, sitting in the front few, few rows. I, I actually sat on the front row right on the end, you know, and then I, I had the preacher preach, and I'm thinking, who told him about me? Who told him that I was doing this? Who told him that I was doing that? I, and I didn't like that. You know, I, I don't want that. I didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear that word. And, and, and that's, that's because flesh is op, in opposition, is in opposition to the spirit. There, you, you, don't, you, you may not be aware of this, but every time we come into the house of God, there's this war going on. There's this war. There's this battle that's going on. The adversary is doing everything he can at this moment to try to distract and to tour and keep people. I, I just, I, I, I know that his desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. But God is reaching and, 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 and he's wooing and he's trying to talk to people today. And so there's this battle going on. And it, it's because flesh is on opposition to spirit. So Jesus, 
being the Savior, speaks to them a word that speaks to their hurt. Has anybody ever, real quick question, let's take a poll and I want you to be honest. Has anybody ever been hurt? I'm not talking about you got a skin elbow or skin knee. I'm talking about somebody said something, somebody did something. You, if you've ever been hurt, raise your hand. Now, look around. I I'm, want I'm you to see. Almost everybody has their hand raised. I mean, you know, that's just life happens to people. So, is it to me, it's not ironic. I think it's important to note that the Savior, when these people are crying out for help and asking for help, He speaks to a situation where they've been hurt before, where they've been wounded. And He says this, Brother Marty, He says, Go show yourselves to the priest. Now, that's the last people. That's the last people these guys want to go see because that's the one that said, no, you're banned from society. You have to leave. What? I mean, he could have said, go to McDonald's. He could have said, go to Starbucks. And I'd have rather gone to Starbucks. But go to the priest, the one that kicked me out of the church. That's the one I got to go to. I don't want to. Has anybody ever felt that way? Has anybody, do you have the courage to admit to pastor that there are times that you say, when I preach something, you feel, I don't want to. And the rest of y'all are lying. Because I'm preaching and I'm thinking, I don't want to do that. So if I'm preaching thinking, I, did, did I just say that? I don't want to do that. My flesh doesn't like to do some things that the Spirit tells me to do. My flesh bows up again. I don't want to do that. Here's what I found. If you want something bad enough, you'll do whatever you have to do. When the alarm goes off at 2.30 in the morning, Brother Marty, I don't want to get up. But if I'm going to go to Otter Slough and stand in a line with hundreds and hundreds of other duck hunters and pull a number and say, am I going to be the lucky one that gets to hunt ducks here today? Believe me, yesterday I was sitting there going, stupid, stupid, stupid. But I wanted to have that mallard come right down in my face so I could blow its head off. You know what I'm saying to you? You know what I did when the alarm went off at 2.30? I slowly rolled. I wish I'd have gotten to hunting a whole lot earlier than I did. It's not easy for an old man. Smile if you want to, Jeremy. That's just fine. I did what I did because that's what I wanted to do. Here's what I want somebody to understand. If you want something bad enough, you'll do whatever you have to do to get it. I want to encourage you. Whatever you do, understand how important it is not to shoot a duck, my friend, but it is much more important to get your life lined out with the perfect plan of God because you have a hope of heaven and you have hell to fear. There is a hell and there is a heaven and you better make up in your mind that you want to go to heaven worse than you don't. I want to go to hell and cause yourself to say, I'm going to do what I've got to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to repent. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to live an overcoming life for God. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. I will do it.
perhaps it was like some of you, like, looking around like, really, what, you know, what's up, what, what's up with that? And they, they looked around, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. That was the message that he preached. That's not what they wanted to hear, but they were willing to respond. I want to tell you that I've been where you're at, and every time that I don't want to, but I do it because I know it's the right thing, it's always rewarded. God honors his word. And if you do what his word says, you'll get what it says that you can have. That's exactly what happened to these men that didn't want to, but they did. And the Bible says this. He says, go show yourselves to the priest. And then the word says such a powerful statement. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now think about that. It wasn't the word of God that cleansed them. It was the response to the word of God. How many times have I told you that I, 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 I really appreciate when people said, Oh, pastor, you preached so good today. Thank you. That's very, very nice. And I do sincerely appreciate that. But if all I get is somebody saying, You really preach good to do today. And nobody does what the word of God says. Then it, it's completely futile. Because I love you all. But I don't get up here and preach the way that I preach. So that you'll tell me that I preach good. Sorry, that's not why I'm up here preaching. If, if I don't preach good, it's not because I'm not trying. Brother Noah's very kind. Uh, on, on numerous occasions, you preach really good today. I'm like, thank you. If, if I didn't, it wasn't because I wasn't trying. Because I can tell you this, every time I get up here, I, I know that in, in my own self, that I've never gotten up here and just dialed it in. Because you know what I understand? That that might be the service that somebody needs to hear the word of God. Today might be the day that you need to make a choice in your life and say, I may not want to, but I'm willing to commit to this thing because I cannot afford not to do what the word of God says to do and so the Bible says that their response their response to the word of God not the word of God but their response to the word of God is what brought about the result of healing now you heard the text I said that they were healed they were healed every single one of the lepers all ten of them said you're going to do it you're going to do it yeah let's do it let's go and as they went as they were on their way to the priest they're like what just happened here? Has anybody ever been in church and you responded to the word and you're like, whoa, what just happened here? Wow, I feel different. Has anybody ever been to the altar and you left feeling different than the way you came? Anybody ever responded to the word of God? And you're like, wow, that did that just happen? Whoa. Say, what, what are you talking about today? I thought we were talking about Thanksgiving. Just, just hold on, I'm almost there. It's five minutes after 12. They're starting to smell good. They responded to the word, Brother Clyde. They did what the word says. And when you do what the word says, you get what the word tells you you can have. They were, they were healed. They were healed. Now, there ought to be a celebration. There ought to be a celebration because what happened in the moment was there was a miracle that took place in the body of all ten of the men. It was a corporate miracle. A corporate response brought about a corporate miracle. 
I believe there are times and services where that the response of everybody, it's like, it's like a symphony. All of the people are responding in it. The power of God just sweeps in and does a corporate miracle. And you're like, whoa, I feel better. Anybody ever been worshiping? You're like, whoo, I feel better than I did. How many of you have ever been like me? You've come to church and you didn't really even want to come to church. You didn't feel like coming to church, but you got to church and you started worshiping and you started praising God. You started responding to the word and responding to the worship. And you're like, I feel better now. I'm so glad I came. The spirit of the Lord does something for you. And there's this corporate miracle that happened. All 10 were cleansed. Everybody was. A miracle had happened. I sense that today. How many of you heard when they were saying, a miracle can happen. A miracle. Now you know I'm not in the praise. A miracle can happen in this place. And I'm thinking, that's exactly what needs to happen in this house. A miracle needs to happen. Somebody needs to walk in here. You can ask the staff. I said, let's pray. Because there are going to be people that are going to come into this place. They're going to need a miracle. I want God to do a miracle. And the power of the Holy Ghost moves like I'm feeling it right now. He says, oh, I want to do something for you. And he says, if you'll just respond. If you'll just lift your hand. If you'll just worship me, I'll do a miracle. And he does. And it's happened. And it'll continue to happen. It'll just keep happening because it's Bible. Anytime you do anything Bible-based, you can count on it. It's going to happen. It's forever settled. Wow. That just happened. I'm healed. This is awesome. And nine people. This is just, I don't get, nine people. Nine people that were healed. Never went back. Now, that's a lot of people. If my math is correct, Brother Clyde, that's 90% of the people that were healed didn't go back. Now, Brother Lewis, I'm just going to tell you. I started thinking about that. I started thinking about that in comparison to things that happen around here. Because, Brother Marty, I felt like Noah a time or two. I'm trying to patch here and fix here and do this and that and this boat don't look too good and, and people are wondering I don't even know that boat's going to float and there, there are tons of people that come and are healed and I celebrate every time somebody's healed but my heart is ripped out when 90% of those that are healed don't come back now is this too transparent as a pastor it, it rips my heart out when I see people that have been healed at these altars, healed and helped in services like this, and yet they never come That, I'm just being honest, that blows my mind. I don't see how that can happen. My mind is just like, I, I can't get around that. How can they come and get the Holy Ghost and then never come back to church? How can they come and at these altars have an experience with God and then never come back? How can they? I've witnessed it. It's real. I, I mean, you, you might be able to fool me, but generally, I've been around this thing long enough. I know when somebody's getting something. I mean, you can, you can see it. You can sense it. You can feel it. And I'm, I'm telling you, there are things, literally amazing miracles that have happened in this house. And yet I look around and most of them aren't here. I wonder how Christ might have felt. I sense that maybe I get a slight taste of how he must have felt when he did this miracle and 90% of the people left. Seconds ago, they were lepers, banned from society, couldn't be around anybody, had to say, unclean, unclean, God does this miracle, and they never 
Come back. Here's what I found out. The only way, the only way that people can be healed and not come back is that they are unthankful. Describes the generation that you and I live in. Describes to a T the people that are in this world. Unthankful. I love doing things for people that appreciate it. Not so much people that expect it. It's no fun doing it. Give me. Give me. It's my, I deserve that anyway. You tell somebody, look, you look nice, and they're like, yeah, I know. Really? That looks ugly on you. I mean, that unthankful attitude is what I was talking about. I wasn't talking about your tie, but. That little smile right there, Brother Clyde. That's what, that, you, you can't, you can't put a price tag on that. There's something about somebody that has an attitude of gratitude. And what an attitude, hear what I'm saying today. An attitude of gratitude will cause you to gravitate back. Some of you are like that. You're, you're, you're here today because something happened to you in this place. Brother Moody, you wanted to turn and run. But then something happened in your life. And you're like, I can't run from that. I've got to run to that. There's just something about it. When the power of the Holy Ghost does something for you, there needs to be something on the inside of you that says, I can't leave. i got to get back. And i got to make certain that he knows, that I know if it wasn't for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? I want to tell you. You have the hope of hell and burning in eternity. But oh, not because of a God that is able to say that you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to be grateful instead of glad. There is a big difference. A great gulf between Glad and grateful. Because very few people do I see that he heals that they're not glad. But too many aren't grateful. Because an attitude of gratitude pull you back. You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to run home to mama and say, I'm healed. He wanted to get home to the kids and say, look, daddy's healed. Of course he did. He wanted to go to the game and watch his favorite team play. He wanted to go to the restaurant and eat his favorite steak again. He wanted to do so many things that he couldn't do before. But oh, there was something in him that he wanted to do something even more than that. And that was get back to the one that gave him everything. There was no steak to eat. There was no game to see. He would never spend time with his family if it weren't for a Savior that a response to his word brought about a miracle. Stand with me. As I contemplate Thanksgiving, as I consider the turkey dinner and the fixings and all the fellowship with family and friends, 
Don't let me miss what Thanksgiving is truly about for those that have been healed. And that is returning with an attitude of gratitude. You can say, well, Pastor, you preached a little longer than you normally do, and it's 12.15, and we don't get the Grecian, you know, we're going to be waiting a little longer for our food. And if you don't let us slip out in the next couple of moments, those that go to Mexican are going to beat us there. Yeah, yeah, that I know that's true. And I don't even know. I don't know what we're going to do, Sister Lulabelle, because I didn't smell anything cooking when I left this morning. And I'm not sure whether you got baked beans or not, but I... I, I I know I'm going to have to do what you do. I'm going to have to go when we're done and try to try to find something to eat. And maybe they're going to get there before me. But when, when I think about the Lord and when I think about what he's done for me, you know what? Today I can say, ah, I might be a little late to Grecian and I might not get to the Mexican restaurant before everybody else. But I'm going to find a way to get to a place where that I can lift my hands and lift my voice and rejoice. Because I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Now, you say, I thought you were preaching healed or whole. I am. I've talked a lot about healing. And healing happens to people. Hear what I'm saying today. Healing happens to people that aren't grateful. You don't have to be grateful to God. You just have to have the faith to believe that He'll do it and He will. He heals people. I want you to know there are a lot of people that are healed that don't, that don't ever return and give thanks. But I will say to you today, there is no one that is made whole. There is a great gulf between healed and whole. For those of you that don't know about leprosy, leprosy was a type, a dreadful disease. Once you got it, you were separated. All the things that I said are true, type of sin. It would gnaw away at the flesh. There would be lepers that had their entire limbs eaten away. Fingers, toes, perhaps a nose. They were a sight. Gruesome. Ugh. You would be repulsed. Ugh. You would want them to stay away. But not that day. Because I don't know if he went down without a hand or a nose. But when he fell on his face... And worship God and glorified God with a loud voice. Of course, the Savior wanted to know where the rest of them were. But oh, he didn't miss an opportunity to do a miracle that was so much more than a healing. He made that leper whole. Say, what does that mean, Pastor? I'll tell you what I believe. I believe that a nose appeared. You say, you really think that can happen? Who do you think created us? Of course I believe that can happen. 
The same way that I believe today that I don't care how bad sin has made you look. I don't care how gruesome your circumstance and situation is. It doesn't matter to me if people are repulsed. I can't believe that that's the kind of person you want at that church. I'll tell you who I want at this church. I want every person that God heals to say, I am going to give thanks to God and watch Him make me old. And such and such were some of you. And maybe you are today. Well, today is a blessed day. Because before you ever take a bite of turkey or eat dressing or even some baked beans today, let me tell you. You can come to an altar. And the bread of life that you will feast upon here can cause you to be whole and come out of that hell. These altars are open waiting on somebody to say, I'm thankful to the Lord and I bless His name. Is there anybody that will come and say, I'm thankful unto the Lord and I bless His name. I want to tell you today that you don't have to leave healed. You can walk away whole. He can make thee whole. Come on church, there's an altar that waits for people that are thankful. There's an altar that waits on people that are thankful. There's an altar today that waits on you to say, I give thanks unto the Lord and I bless this man. If you don't have the courage to come, perhaps you can just kneel where you are. Or put your head on the pew in front of you and give thanks to the Lord.